And you're listening to another uh, episode of Two Smoking Guns. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my great mate, Rutsy. Hello to you, mate. Back in 2024. <laughs> Back in two- <laughs> yes. So for uh, all of those loyal uh, listeners and followers of our show, um, we've had a bit of a rest. You've, think- been, you've been playing with penguins. Oh, I've been and, in and- Antarctica, <laughs> yes. have been in Antarctica. And, uh, and I think I saw some vision of you doing what's uh, more commonly known... As the polar plunge. It was cold. Let's just stay there. <laughs> well, and no jokes about uh, what went where and, and how long it took to come out. Well, uh, well you, you, I don't, I'm not sure you hit the water because you came <laughs> out at light speed. And, and I'm sure that's testament to how cold it was. But For anyone the, who's considering going to Antarctica, I highly endorse it and yeah, recommend it. It's, yeah. it's the world's most expensive trip. Yes. And it's the furthest um, probably country away or, or continent. Away, away yes. but uh, highly recommended. And yeah. if you do go, yeah. you have to jump in the water. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what I did notice that I was concerning to begin with, but then I was relieved was that you had a rope around you. Yes, well, <laughs> yes. yes I, I assume that wasn't to go fishing for tuna no, or that was to drag <laughs> people out who had a heart attack <laughs> at the cold water. But anyway, we're back for 2024. For those people that uh, may have dropped off over the well, journey. please come back. Please come back. <laughs> and we want to kick off the year with uh, a positive note because there was so much wokeness last year, mate. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. It was the year of wokeness and political correctness and, yeah. you know, leftist ideology and all, sort, all sorts of nonsense, which is a real drag. Yeah, totally. Because there's no sense of humour in all of that. No, because the, the, the whole PC bit. There's no humour. It's removing our DNA. It is. That's how we're wired. And and I've got to tell you, it's creeping into cricket. Oh, it is. Because umpires now appear as though they don't want to give a decision just in case they're wrong. Or in case they offend somebody. Or or you've got this ridiculous rule that it appears that if he gives you not out um, and the ball goes on to hit the stumps, umpires call, not out. Yes, that's right. I mean... Out's out, isn't it? Make a decision. I mean, Get if you want it. to use the technology, then if it's showing that it's going to hit the stumps. Anyway. Not, we want to talk not... about it, Cricket. So we want to talk to you today about larrikins. Oh, well. Great Aussie larrikins. One's just retired. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and Warney, And we've of lost, course, a, we've we lost, lost one. Yeah, we've lost one. And we want to touch later on. You've got a lovely piece on Keith Miller. The late, great Keith Miller. Well, I, I'm not sure how many people uh, have, have delved into the life of Keith Miller. Um, let's just say he was colourful. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean uh, colourful on the wrong side of the law necessarily. No, no not or, like a colourful identity. Albeit that he didn't mind a bit of biff. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll share that with you. But um, so great larrikins. story it's, a, it. even, yeah. it's even a great word, larrikins. Yeah, it is. Yep. And, and for those that are, aren't familiar with the term, yes. um, it's an Australian slang term yeah. um, which is, is thought to have originated from the term larking, as in larking about. Yeah, larking about. Right? Yep. To play or to frolic or to... And it's often associated, it's a term often associated with Australian working class culture. Yeah, blue collar. You know, blue collar stuff. Irreverent humour, practical jokes, gags. Love it. Love it. You know, and a bit of challenge authority, you know, stick it up to the man a bit, you yep. know, that sort of stuff. Yep. So we, we love all that. And if you go back as far as Banjo Patterson, the great Australian yeah. poet, he was a bit of a larrikin. Was he? Yep. Oh, very much so. 
Bit, of a, bit of a Jack the Lad? Bit was of a Jack the Lad. Jack the Lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love Jack the Lad. Very, very good. I mean, where are drawing pins on seats these days? I mean, <laughs> you know the old gag we used where to... Where are they all fart jokes? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, those fart balloons. And you even think about the TV shows that we loved. I mean, <sighs> could you imagine Paul Hogan being on TV these days? Well, Paul I mean, Hogan is there, a great Aussie larrikin. There would be a riot. Or, or Benny Hill. I do watch some I mean, of these shows oh, so do I. on, uh, oh, on I love it. YouTube. Yeah, love it. But he he was one of the iconic ones, you know the yeah. uh, the Story Bridge painter. Yeah, went on Hey Hey at Saturday. Yeah, hundred percent. Made good, got a job, got his own show. Yeah, and then he obviously he had all those. He did Tourism Australia ads, if you recall. Yeah, he did. Yep. Slip another shrimp on the Barbie style. And managed to um, uh, sidle up to Linda. Yes, he <laughs> did Crocodile Dundee. Kozlowski. Kozlowski, very, very good. Yeah. Another one in a similar vein who was a bit of a larrikin was Steve Irwin. Remember Crocodile oh, Man yeah. Steve Irwin? Now, now, what I like about him, though, was that he was very straight and narrow, right? Yeah, so, he wasn't colourful, yeah, but he was, no, just, he, he was just enthusiastic. He played within the lines, yes. but he made a lot of noise. Yes. Is that fair to say? Oh, look, I think he was a colourful yeah. character, yeah. Um, full of raw enthusiasm, great mannerisms. Yeah. He was a ripper, I thought. Yeah, no, I and we've had a couple from the political spectrum. I think the greatest politician Australia's produced is Bob Hawke. Oh, totally. Not because of his policies at all. No. But he, because he was a good drinker. Yeah, scold a beer. Yes. <laughs> he, he's not much good at the pool shot, though. No, he, did, he did bring in Medicare and a few things, but he's best known for skull and pints yeah. at Oxford University or, or a bar over there yeah. and at the cricket on demand. Yeah. And, of course, the America's Cup. Yep. And where he famously said, anyone who, you know... Anyone, anyone who sacks a work today is a bum. For not showing up as not a showing. bum. Um, and then had his specs knocked off. That's playing right, playing a, cricket. Playing the, was it the uh, Prime Minister's eleven or well, something? Well, at least he was having a crack, unlike John Howard, who tried to bowl the ball in Afghanistan and didn't make it down the pitch. Well, I think it bounced 17 times. <laughs> and so there's a few in the, um, in the uh, realm of film. And I don't know if you remember this guy, but he was a bit of a hero of mine. It was Albie Mangles. Oh, Albie Mangles. And I'm not talking about Mrs. Mangles. Oh, no. No. <laughs> and didn't Albie Mangle have the best-looking bride you've Did. ever seen on TV at that stage of the game? Didn't he go, oh. right, he used, to go, he used to say to girls like Judy Green, let's go away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, didn't, Albie. Didn't tell you it was nude up Wednesday. <laughs> no, nude up every day. <laughs> he used to do those world safari docos he straight mag- off the cuff. He was magnificent. And uh, he had a good suntan. You know, and a yeah. good beard, oh, yeah. head of hair. Yeah, yeah, the whole and, uh, he Didn't always, wear shoes. No as shoes. As you said, he always had a lady or two in his company. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going we're, we're to sleep under stars. Are they six of them? No, about eight billion. <laughs> he was a ripper. What Loved the, him. Out the bush. Loved him. Yeah. Um, of course, um, um, there's, a, there's a couple um, that go way, way back. There was one. She might be a rogue, this one. So I was doing some reading, and there's a girl called Kate Lee. She was a bit of a criminal. She had a sly grog empire back in the 20s. How, how do you be a bit of a criminal? Well, just, just slightly <laughs> on the other side of the law. You know, no, back, so if you're a bit of a criminal, did you not get caught? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Back then, though, there was a lot of grey. Oh. 
Because it's black and white. Because <laughs> right. this, is, this is sly grog, so, right, it was yeah. a law prohibition, but yeah. it's a pretty shit law. Yeah. Right, denying people the right to have a drink. Yeah. So she was, I think, on the right side of history by... Um, after close, six o'clock closing, she'd, um, she'd do um, the sly grog. She'd open up secret bars and stuff like that. So I reckon that's okay. Was Al Capone her best mate? Yeah, he was overseas though. <laughs> but then, uh, then, she, then, then she did tip a little over the line because she became known as the Snow Queen. Oh. She was one of the very first Australian Skier? people. Oh. No, <laughs> something else. She used to oh. import the cocaine. Oh, Right? Oh, I thought it had something to do with Christmas. And in the end, she did fall foul of the law because she uh, clocked up at 107 convictions right. and 13 prison sentences during her colourful life. How long did she go away for? Fair, a fair time. A fair time? Mm, right. A fair time. Okay. So there were good cartoonists too. If you remember the Australian yeah. newspaper had a guy called Bill Leake? Yes. He was quite irreverent. I don't know if you remember him, but he was... Uh, I do. He hated um, political correctness. He, uh, he was the first... There was a there's a there was an article I read on him. He was the first to crack a joke about something, no matter how tasteless it might be. You know that whole, is it too soon? Yeah, he was always too soon. Oh, look, he <laughs> was ahead of his time. Well, um, or just outspoken. This guy who wrote a book about him said um, an example of this. Yeah. Is, this will be offensive to most people. Right. He said it was the day after. Is this pre- a language warning no, or just no, a, no, P- said it was, a, a PC warning? He was. Um, he was working at the Australian newspaper as Bill Week cartoonist when the day after Princess Diana tragically died. Yes. And the editor had cleared the first eight pages of the paper, right? Bill was miffed that was, you know, he said, everyone's losing it over someone he didn't rate very highly. Oh. <laughs> so um, his headline for, the, for, the, for, for his cartoon the very next day was Car Crash in Paris, Thousands Inconvenienced. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he probably too soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he actually wrote "Die Dies." Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have been too soon. So he was a he was a oh, bit dear. of a larrikin, right. which I like. I like that element about him. Of course, um, the great Warwick Capper, he of these short shorts. <sighs> Doesn't he? I just... don't know if he's a larrikin or just pretty stupid. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's he, a fine he, line. Well, uh, it may fall into the latter category that you've just described because at one stage, if I recall, he actually made application to become uh, a meter maid. Yeah, that's right. And he put the go- he put the golden pants on. Yeah, yeah. he's done a few yeah. things in his life. Yeah. He's had a colourful little life, Warwick. Huh? Yeah. Well, he's made a career out of being stupid. Yes, it would appear right. allegedly right. stupid. Alleged. You know. And then talking of colourful footballs, do you remember this bloke? If you're lucky someday, you might see me on the street. My crystal clear complexion is a snow white as a sheep. Would have to be <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the weirdest bloke to ever play football, Jacko Jackson. How did he get a game? I don't know. No idea. And you know what? Uh, uh, and I, I'm sure this is right. He went on a speaking tour, and do you know? And he was joined by another. And do you know who the other was? No, Chopper Reed. Chop Chop, <laughs> Chop Uncle Chop Chop, Uncle Chop Chop, and Mark Jacko Jackson. Oh, what a combo! Can you imagine at the at the Langwarren. See, host. Chopper probably qualifies as a larrikin, but more of a criminal larrikin. Well, he was a criminal larrikin, but he said, I, "I, I never, I never killed anybody who was good." That's right, he did yeah, too. So, um, but I and I do recall one particular story on him where uh, it was in South Yarra, and 
Word had got out. He was rolling with a couple of dudes and there were a couple of dudes on the other side of the fence that didn't like them much and a punch-up uh, occurred. And during that punch-up, one of Chopper's um, band of merry men mm-hmm. um, absconded. Anyway, they had a barbecue the next day and uh, they were all invited and they all turned up, even the, the chap that absconded. And um, they were having barbecue and uh, Chop Chop said to uh, Abscondi, um, do you like that meat? He said, yeah, it's lovely. He said, good, it's your dog. Oh. <laughs> that was the payback for Abscondi. Oh, chop Chop. You wouldn't mess with Chop Chop. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about him now, but I mean, uh, yeah, he, wow. He, he led some sort of a life, didn't he? He did. Yeah. As did uh, Ned Kelly. Yes. So, you know, he's, he, he depends on which side of the law. Do yeah, you see him say, larrican or criminal? Yeah, well, see, know? that's the... A lot of people have a problem with him because of what he did. Yes. Um, we did you know, kill shoot, policemen. Yeah, kill policemen. Which is, which is on the wrong side of history. Yeah, so, but, you know... But he was a sort he, of... Um, he's folklore, isn't he? He's folklore. He's, he was from the struggling working class, you yep. know. He was, uh, he was loyal to his family. He had all those qualities, but he was just a bit of a... Bit of a folk hero, really, wasn't he? Well, I mean, you could put Robin Hood in that category, yeah, well, you? that's exactly right. I mean, you, you know, stick an arrow into some, you know, soldier that was trying to track him down and yeah. rob from the rich and well, tell you what, he gave to the poor. If you go through Glen Rowan, the whole town's about him. Yeah, right. You know, okay. there's that many museums and things you can I, go and see about him. I don't think I've ever been to Glen Rowan. Oh, you want to? You want to go? It's really? very good. Is it? There's some very good um, Ned Kelly-esque or... Inspired museums and things. It's yeah. very good. Right. And ca- every cafe is called a. You can get a Ned Kelly burger. You can get a Ned Kelly coffee. You right. Know, you can get all that. Mm. Yeah, it's worth going. Okay. If you're going to like up to you know Canberra or Sydney, stop stop for coffee and have right. a look. Okay. Um, sport. We're on sport. Sport. Of course, Dawn Fraser. Oh yes. Was a bit of a larrikin. Did she uh, steal a Japanese flag? She stole a flag at the Tokyo Olympics. The Tokyo Olympics. Yes. I knew it had yes. a Japanese reference. She stole yes. the Olympic flag near the Emperor's Palace. Yeah. Uh, no charges were laid and Dawn was given the flag to keep. And in an, a, a classic case of irony, she was chosen to carry the Australian flag at the closing ceremony. I'm just trying to picture Dawn scaling the pole she to get the, the flag. Pole. She's coming <laughs> up the pole. God, yeah. Couldn't she just have used the rope and lowered it? She actually was banned from swimming. She was banned, yes. And then the case got um, obviously reduced. But um, anyway. Yeah. Um, but she was great because she went on after her swimming life, which was, let's, let's just take a minute to call her out. She won eight Olympic medals, six Commonwealth gold medals, and 23 individual world records, right? Yeah. So she could swim. swim. But she then um, became a horse owner, um, a horse racer, and then she owned a pub, right? Ah. And then she was elected to, uh, for the the New South Wales Parliament for the seat of Balmain. Really? Yeah. So she's... How long did she she last in Parliament? Oh, not too long. Not too long. Longer than Billy Brownells? <laughs> Probably. Than yeah, I think he lasted three minutes. So she was a real larrikin, I thought. Oh, yeah. No, a sporting no, icon larrikin. Yeah, no doubt. Um, no Nolene doubt. Brown, remember Nolene Brown? Oh, yeah. No, she, she was, was a, a naked vicar yeah, show. she was a bit potty, wasn't she? She was good. Yeah, yeah, she, she was good. She worked blue. Yeah, 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 she, yeah. yeah, yeah she, I liked her. She pushed the envelope. Well, I think she was a trailblazer for a lot of female comedians that have followed yeah, her I henceforth. Agree. Yep, 
And of course, speaking and there's of... probably not been too many like her since. Not many. And my apologies to those that think they are like her, because I might not have seen you, but, you know, in terms of coverage and, yeah. and awareness, I can't think of anybody that sort of works at that end of the scale. She was say. a true original, yeah. as was the great, late, great Barry Humphreys, who we lost last ah, year. Ah, yes. Huh? With Celez. So he was more of a... I'd call him a satirist, oh. but his characters were larrikins. Oh, 100%. I mean, Les Patterson is one of the great ultimate larrikins of all time, right? I mean, you, you can argue or debate that um, that nearly all of his characters were had, had larrikin in them. I mean, even Dame... Yeah, well, the Dane was definitely, especially in her later years when she was on all the shows, she, she used had, to take the PY, P158. She had very clever language. Yeah, very. Yeah. I remember seeing a particular piece where um, she comes into the royal box at a particular uh, performance. Right. And um, Charlie's in there with um, cams. Yeah. And... Um, she looks across and they're all laughing. She said, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm in the wrong spot. I've got a better box than this one. <laughs> and it was the royal box. But, you know, just brought the house yeah. down. It was uh, tremendous. And um, in that same vein, a bit earlier, it was Chips Rafferty. Do you remember Chips Rafferty? Yes, he was obviously a great actor back in oh, early shows, the Overlanders and the Sundowners and the Rats of Tobruk. Yep. He was a bit of an iconic Australian sort of character. Yeah. Um, as was uh, Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. If you recall Errol. From Tasmania. A.K.A. In Like Flynn. In Like Flynn, yeah. Well, uh, I don't think that was ever an issue he for was, him. Uh, he was fairly good at the art of seduction. Y- yes. Yes. Yeah, he was... And uh, a bit of a hard-drinking man. Yeah. Mm? Yep. Colourful. Colourful character. Yes. And a larrikin. Yes, and, and, of course, the great, late, great Shane Warne we've mentioned before, which well, leads us to someone who you, you've you got a bit of intel on, an info well, on. Well, I, I do. Which is uh, the great Keith Miller. Yeah, well, in, indeed. Uh, and just before I start on Keith, do you think we could add Ted Bullpit in there? We could. He was a fictional <laughs> character. Um, That's true. But a bit of a larrikin. Um, and as you say... Um, I'd touch the Kingswood. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Money on the fridge. Money on the fridge, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, what's the name of the greyhound? Yes, uh, Gaia Cobra yeah, and Repco Lad. Yeah, Repco Lad, <laughs> that's right. And Neville, the concrete Aboriginal. Well, uh, I must attest uh, because I recently did hear uh, a couple of other people um, talking about the life and times of Keith Miller. Yep. Uh, and I've... Well, he's an iconic character. Oh, they've, they've, absolutely. they've done a few and miniseries, etc. on yeah, him, they well, well, what they've done, uh, there's one particular one, and I'm going to go and watch it, and I haven't had a chance since this sort of come to my attention, but um, Australian Story did a two-part piece. Um, That's the ABC show, yeah, Australian Story. Yeah, correct. So uh, Michael Parkinson did part one. Parko. And who's no longer with us. I think he, he was Parko's hero, Keith Miller. He was his mate. Was he? They were great but I think mates. it was his hero, yeah. too. Great mates. And and Shane Warne did part two. So I'm going to go and dig it out. Well, there's and, a lot of similarities it. potentially between the well, two. Well, that, that'll be a heck of a conversation between <laughs> Keith Miller and Shane Warne. Well, they're probably having one up there right <laughs> now on the couch. <laughs> a fair chance. So um, 
So Keith Miller, so this is sort of mid-40s, you know, he ended up going into the war and he had a whole bunch of mates die. And but Was the, he a the, cricketer before he went into the war? He was, and but the really interesting part was when he was about 13, 14, they recognised that he was very, very good. Mm. At? At, at? At cricket. At cricket at right. that stage. At that stage, yeah. Because yeah. right. um, you had to wear pants to play cricket. Um, but... 13, 14 years of age. He's playing some seriously good cricket, but he was a bit of a runt. Like was he, he was, small? He was Wait, four foot nine. You're kidding? No. He so was, he was only very, small when he was a teenager. And of course, what was happening was he wasn't able. He didn't have the core strength or the overall strength to be hitting sixes and fours. Yeah. So okay. be hitting ones and twos. Ah. But at about age seventeen, he grew to about six foot two. Yeah, that's a, that's a spurt. He had a, a serious spurt. So, and you mentioned Errol Flynn before because um, Keith Miller was described as the Errol Flynn of the cricketing world. Ah. So, very good looking rooster. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, a girl in every port. Yes. Uh, married. Yes. Uh, children. Yes. Um, but what went on tour stayed on tour. Yeah. Um, until a little bit later on, where the word started to filter right. <laughs> that he was um, he was out and about. Let's he went. Just say. Um, he went to war. So he did. So um, He's yeah. In the so wrath. blessed with film star good looks and outstanding cricket skills, he took Britain by storm during the lean post-war years when heroes were hard to come by. Mm. I love this line: "Women adored him." Men wanted to be just like him. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, watching his mates die, uh, he found it hard to take sports seriously ever again. Equally comfortable with the jet set, um, in brackets here, Princess Margaret. Mm. Well noted and well documented, I'm led to believe. So they used to have an um, assignation. Well... Um, she was a regular companion. Right. Yeah, so, okay. you know, she can have breakfast with him and, you know, yes. stuff like that. Yes. Um, he also juggled a complicated personal life as a father to four boys and yeah. a husband to his long-suffering wife, Peg. Um, so uh, the, this piece goes on to talk about um, the sons um, reveal their own troubled past and discuss how they finally made peace because for a number of years he was um, very much not part of their life at all. Yeah, they didn't want well, to know about him. He away playing cricket or um, fighting people. Mm. Yeah, so look, it's a very, it's quite a very long story. Um, you know, lines like, he wasn't much of a husband, he was always playing around. I mean, he made Shane Warne look like an altar boy. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a biographer that actually stated, well, in everyone's life there's a karma that catches up in a positive or negative sense, and in Keith's case, the negatives, the way he behaved towards his family caught up with him at the finish. There's no doubt about that. Miller was born just after World War II, so he was born in 1919. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was brought up in sunshine. Yep. So... That's the most um, inappropriately named suburb in Melbourne, but we'll have another yeah, episode on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, and his father was an engineer and a school teacher. Um, he had extraordinary ability when he was young. Um, they had you know, People said they had a superstar on his hands because his father and my father and his other brother used to play cricket in the backyard morning, noon and night. Yep. So it was very much I think in his a play. lot of people back then would have done that. Um, and this is the reference I made just before. Keith showed tremendous promise. There's both a cricketer and a footballer. Now, do you know which team he played for? 
Not the Mighties. The Mighties. The Mighties. Yes. Fantastic. The yes. Mighty Saints. The Mighty Saints. Oh, I love him. The only drawback was that uh, at 17, oh, it says here, at 17, he was a titch. Ah. He was 150 centimetres. So he's five foot. Shorter right. than me. Yep. That's small. Um, <laughs> and he only had ambitions on a grand scale to be a jockey. Oh, are you yeah. kidding? He grew about and then he grew. 13 inches about 25 centimetres in a year. Wow. That's a big spurt. That's, uh, huh? that's, a, that's a good... That's, yeah. like, that's like growing a head. What were they feeding the boy? He quickly got into the ranks of the VFL and first-class cricket. Um, he was recruited into the Air Force. Uh, he joined the RAF in 1942, um, and that completely turned his cricket career upside down. He was away for about six years, um, Probably the best of his sporting life was interrupted by the war, as they Arguably, say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dad yeah. was on his way to Canada, of course, on flying mosquitoes. He'd been flying, this is talking about Keith, on his way to flying mosquitoes. He'd been flying bow fighters or bow fighters. On the way, he stopped in Bosman. He met um, his now then wife, or his wife-to-be, uh, and they started dating. Peg was a very elegant, blue-blood Bostonian. Her brother was press officer to John F. Kennedy. Um, they had so much in common, they had classical music and they obviously got along very well. And he proposed to Peg, he flew off to England, not knowing obviously whether he was going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, there's a, a, a very long story about him, but um, the, the quick summary, he loved a bit of Biffo. Did he? He loved a bit of Biffo. He would come home and he'd have a black eye or he'd go to work and he'd have a black eye. Um, and when he went out for a sip... yeah. He didn't come home for about three days. It was a good sip. Yeah, no. He, yeah. he just he just kept going. He was and a going fan of the cool going. refreshments. Yeah, no. He was uh, he was very good at that. And I do recall a time where he was playing cricket and uh, he was facing a hostile barrage of deliveries. And uh, I think he once he was I don't know remember the line. Someone will remember me or remind me. But he said, uh, "Never been scared on the uh, on the cricket field once you've been." Uh, Chased by Messerschmitts. <laughs> Nothing much scares you. Well, I, I think that'd be right, wouldn't it? Um, and in terms of his record, um, he played 55 tests. He took 170 wickets for just under 23 runs per very, wicket. Very good. Which is pretty good. Excellent, in fact. Uh, and he averaged about 37 with a bat. Yeah, good all-rounder. So good That's all-rounder. Good. Them's good figures. Yeah, Um uh, and if I missed out on batting, I'd try uh, a round of bowling, and I found um, found the other way around. If I made runs bowling, I'd relax. <laughs> if I made made runs with batting, I should say, I'd relax with the bowling. But if I failed, I'd try harder with the bowl. Uh, I think it's great to have two arrows in your bow. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounds like he had more than two in his yeah, quiver. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he did. So, look, um, there is so much that you can say about him. I mean, Ian Chappell even goes on to uh, to say, um, I suspect that Martin, this is Ian Chappell's father, um, idolised Keith. I, ser- I certainly did. When Martin would take me to the cricket, he'd sit me down and say, now you watch Miller. You watch, uh, you watch what Miller does and you copy Miller. Yeah. Uh, there was something about Miller that grabbed you and said, you know... This guy is an exciting cricketer. Yeah. Um, so, look, he, as I say, he had a, a very colourful life, uh, travelled the world. Um, 
there was even a particular saying that somebody came up with, and I'll, uh, it'll come to me eventually, but um, uh, there was a saying that uh, came out of it, and it was called Miller's Luck. Um, and that was because um, all of these things that happened in his life, he was due to catch a plane somewhere, missed it, and that plane got shot down during the war. Um, you know, he was due to do something else and missed it, pissed probably. <laughs> um, and, you know, if he'd done it, he'd be dead. So, so Miller's luck. So, yeah. Like a, so even was, had a phrase going Yeah, that's right. It. So it was, um, and I, I can't lay my hands on it just at this point in time. As far as Keith and the Princess Margaret concerned, I think of Oscar Wilde's quote in one of his great plays. He had knowledge of her, but it wasn't necessary, uh, necessarily carnal. Right. Very <laughs> good. Um, anyway, well, so our... look, yeah, that's um, so. If you if you are interested in uh, learning more about Keith, which I as I say, I'm going to go and watch that doco. Yeah, and I'd and I really enjoy the. I mean, Parky's arguably was one of the best interviewers of all time. Best at it. Yep. Um, but I would think that Shane Warne is probably sitting there thinking that he's looking in the mirror <laughs> when he's actually talking about Keith Miller. <laughs> oh, well, he's uh, probably headlines the list of our great Australian larrikins. So just to recap, there we've been through a few. Yeah, we've had cartoonists, sports people, we've had politicians, yeah, footy players. We've had comedians, we've had filmmakers, we've had swimmers, comedians, you know, a whole and, range of things. But uh, and, hats off to Keith Miller. Yeah. But, arguably and, Australia's greatest lyric. And, and, and apologies to those that we've left out. Because there I will reckon be there, a fair bit of feedback I, on I, this I, one. I reckon there's a, a reserve bench <laughs> that's pretty full. <laughs> Um, anyway, maybe for another time. So uh, this is what we're going to do each week. We're, we're, we're going to sort of find a bit of a topic and a bit of a theme and uh, we're not going to bounce all over the place like we used to. Um, we've, uh, we've done that. We, we, I, think, I think this is our speed these days, uh, old son. Um, and we hope you've enjoyed uh, this little session on larrikins. And uh, I think you might have a, a tune for us to well, go out on today. Well, I couldn't find a song about larrikins per right. se. Right. But I have found one about bogans. Oh, that'll do. Which will do. Close enough. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's pretty well, close. Larrikin, bogan. Larrikin, bogan. Yeah. There's a lot of larrikins that are bogans. And a bogan larrikin. Correct. So I hope you enjoy this. It's a little parody of a song by, um, by Lord. Lord, yes. Who, who had a song called Royals. Yes. Well, this one's a bit of a parody. It's about bogans. Okay. So I hope you like it. Thanks, mate. See you. I sit at home in me wife beater, mm. watching movies. Government pays for my address. Bless you, hey. Shout to 
You can find us in Chigwell, Bridger, Hewan and Glenorchy, Clarendon, Brisbane, Moonahan and Rokeby, everywhere. We're doing blockies on the city square. But in the north we'll be at Mifton, Penguin, Ravenswood and Rochelle, hanging outside of that park with the monkeys, don't you stare. We'll fuck you up. And we'll always be Bogan. Bogan. You won't catch me in Sandy Bay. Those pricks are hot.